The world is a big and magical place, and Jason and Colin are your guides. So grab a bucket of pixie dust, because this is Disney World with sass and no strollers. And here are your two fairy godfathers. Hey, fairy friends. Welcome to another episode of Two Fairy Godfathers. I'm Jason Matheson. I'm Colin Matheson. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to an episode that we are very excited about. It's very timely. I'm kind of happy that the announcement we're talking about happened a week before we were supposed to drop a new episode. I was like, kind of happy. I think you were doing cartwheels. <laughs> we are, of course, talking about the return of Bob Iger. Uh, I could not be happier. Colin is right about that. So we thought, because if you're listening to this, you're a Disney fan, you are as excited about this as we are. Hopefully. You, yeah, hopefully. But you also have some things that you would like Mr. Iger to do. So we thought it would be fun and important to do an episode that we're calling Dear Mr. Iger. So these are things. There are five things that we hope Bob will do. And if you don't know, I'll be very quick about this. If you're really new to the Disney universe, Bob Iger was a legendary CEO of Disney for 15 years. Before that, he led ABC. He worked at ABC Sports. I love him. I personally think he's one of the best CEOs of any American company, period. Uh, he left in 2020. Bob Chapik, who was in charge of parks, came in, and he's had a bumpy ride, to say the least. Yeah, the least. The least. And now, in a shock move, the board of directors last Sunday, when we're recording this, voted to oust him and bring back Iger. No one saw this coming, as Colin said a few seconds ago. I can't even imagine, like, being Bob Chapek or, hell, even someone on the board. And, like, hey, emergency vote Sunday night at 8 o'clock. Yeah. Um, we're bringing Bob Iger back. What? Like, I want to be in the room where that happened. You're waiting for Ashton Kutcher to come out with his trucker hat saying that you've been punked. Whoa, reference from 2002. Just saying. I just watched the preview for that 90s show that just dropped. Thus, Ashton Kutcher is fresh in my mind. Uh, anyway, so here are the five things. We're going to start with number one. Fix or get rid of the Park Pass reservation system. If you don't know, this was implemented allegedly. Star Jones, you always say allegedly so you don't get sued. Allegedly, this was implemented in the pandemic post-pandemic era to keep control of capacity at the parks slash so the disney corporation oh i have mail slash so the disney corporation could better handle uh making sure the guest experience was a great one by limiting overcapacity possibilities i love that line but it is a nightmare it's it's cumbersome I think it adds more problems than it solves. I know that their log line now, their their tagline since the because they never they never got rid of it. The pandemic is basically over. The parks are basically at full capacity and they're keeping it and they're thrilled with it. And their 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 line to the public is, well, it creates a better guest experience because we can manage capacity and we can keep ride times lower. We're in the parks. 
I don't think that's true. Well, and I don't know how it does that because they could still, in the old days before a park pass, you would go, and if they were at capacity, they would just be like, sorry, we're at capacity. Or the, or you would get a notification on your app and said, you know, we've been there like on um, New Year's Day or whatever. And at noon, we get a notification that says Magic Kingdom is at capacity. Like there's still a way to control the crowds. Well, the rumor is, so because what you have to do is, and if you're new, new, new to Disney, what you have to do is, and again, this actually, there's another fix we want him to do that goes with this. But not only do you have to, you have to first buy your Disney ticket to a park or if you're going to do a park hopper. But then after you buy that ticket, there's no guarantee until you check that you're going to be able to get into the park that you want on the day that you want. Yeah, which luckily they put a notification up that says, check the park pass calendar. But it's so cumbersome and clunky and, you know, like us for annual pass holders, it's a little more straightforward if you're just buying a park ticket or if you have a hotel reservation. But for annual pass holders, like there's all these different links and you go click on the calendar and it brings you different calendars. And it's like if you're an annual pass holder with a hotel reservation, it's this calendar. If you're just an annual pass, it's this calendar. If it's, oh, it's so cumbersome. And, and as I said, there's a num- uh, another suggestion we have for him that goes along these lines. But my suggestion, our suggestion would be, and the rumor is they are going to do this. Well, they've already made modifications. And yes. if you buy a single park ticket, you no longer need to make a park pass reservation. I don't know when this goes into effect next year. It's not, that's the rumor. It's not. It's not official. I thought they made the announcement. No, 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 no. Oh. That's what I was just getting ready to say. It's not official. It's a rumor that in early 2023, they're already working on this. If you make a date based, uh, if you buy a date based park ticket, you will no longer need a single park ticket. You will no longer need to make then a park reservation after that ticket is purchased. That is a rumor. Oh, I thought that was already confirmed. Nope. I mean, well-placed sources says it's in the works. Now, that's only for single park, single day ticket things. Yes. If you have a park hopper or um, if your annual pass, you would still need to make a park pass reservation. Yes. This is the bane of the existence of most major Disney fans. This is the thing on blogs and posts, on podcasts that you will hear people, regulars, pass holders complain about the most. And even if you're an occasional visitor... It's, again, a word we're going to be using a lot today, cumbersome. So, Mr. Iger, you would endear yourself more to the Disney fan base if you fixed or got rid of the Park Pass reservation system. Hallelujah. Next, going along with that, number two, streamline the process of going to Walt Disney World. Now, this is kind of bad for business <laughs> for Colin and I because we literally just recorded a commercial that basically says, hey, going to Disney is more complicated than ever, so listen to our podcast. But seriously, Colin and I often talk about this. If, you are, if you're listening to this and you've never been to Disney before, like my, my godfather just recently went to Disney for the first time. Can you imagine trying to use all, learn and use all of the lingo? I have to buy a park ticket. Oop, are you going to have a park hopper? Oop, got to make a... Got to make a park reservation. Do you want Genie? Do you want Disney Genie Plus? Do you want individual Lightning Lane? It is it is a lot for us. Am I right? Yeah, but how would you fix that? That's what I'm curious on. What are you going to say on that? Because, I mean, they're never going to get rid of all of these things that make them money. I don't think. 
I love that I just listed one of our picks and you are not liking one of our picks. No, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm saying I love the pick. I just don't know how you fix it because that's not my, that's not our job. That's yeah. Mr. Iger's job. That's why this is a wish list. This of is true. Somehow streamline, somehow streamline the process. It just I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know if you change names, if you get rid of some things, if you put two processes into one, but it's just, it's never been this complicated. Individual lightning lane, Disney genie, and 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 we'll get into Disney genie. That's another one of our picks, by the way. That's the first thing they could do to streamline that is get rid of individual lightning lanes. If you get Disney genie plus, it's like the old fast pass. You get everything. You don't have to do there's an idea on top of it. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I, of course, everyone would love it if it was free again. I don't mind them charging for it. Like, you know, we, we've said before, Universal charges surge pricing sometimes two, three hundred dollars for their Express Pass. Absolutely. I don't mind paying 18, 20 bucks for Genie Plus, but it's the, you know, twenty two dollars for Genie Plus or whatever. And then another twenty five for an individual lightning lane per person. It's like it's just complicated. And if you don't know, you don't know. And Mr. Iger is all about the magic of it all. I mean, he wants to return the company to a creative endeavor first and everything flows from there. And I love that you make better movies. More people want to buy the toys generated from those movies. They want to go on the rides more from those great movies. So he needs to return the magic of going to Disney world. Now you're now we're never going to completely get rid of this, but you are so forced to stick your face in your phone the entire time that it does, and we saw it. You were just laughing at everyone in their phone. You're like, can people just experience stuff without their phone for two seconds? He needs to bring some of the magic back by making the process of going to Disney World a little bit easier. Yeah. I mean, it it is it almost isn't fun sometimes. Sometimes you are just so stressed out about mm-hmm. do I have everything I need? Did I get the you know, can I get the reservations for the genie plus that I want or the lightning lane that I want? You know, it's just a lot. It's a lot. Number three. Add value to things. Look, he is not happy about it. He said in an er- he said in a meeting with employees and in an earnings call, uh, not an earnings call, but a, in a, uh, an interview that he gave shortly after the announcement. He understands. He hears the the bitching that going to Disney is just getting more expensive, quite literally by the day. Um, we were just there for the Thanksgiving holiday, and Colin about swallowed his tongue when he saw how much Genie Plus was for one day. Yeah, the surge pricing on that, and then the individual lightning lane on top of it, it was like we were spending like 65 or $70 a person a day. So if you're not going to lower the price of things, add some value back to things that you took away during the pandemic that makes people feel like they're being nickel and dimed. I have a perfect example. Uh, add time to the early magic hours if you're staying at a Disney resort. Do you want to explain that, Kyle? So right now, they're giving you 30 minutes of early entry before the park opens to the general public, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Now, it usually ends up being more than 30 minutes because they open early, but it used to be an hour, and I just don't know why. It's not an hour. Yeah, why is 30 minutes? Is that really going to break the bank for you? Um, The other one, and I don't know if you have this on your list, is extra magic hours at night. I don't. So, yeah. So they randomly have these. It's like a couple days a week and it rotates parks and blah, blah, blah. And it's extra magic hours. So the park might close. Let's use Magic Kingdom at 9 p.m. to the general public. And if you are staying at a Disney resort, 
you could have extra magic hours. They'd be open till midnight. And it was just free for guests. Free. Well, they changed it. And now you have to be staying at a deluxe resort to get that. And it's just like you just keep taking things away. So it's like. And raising the price. Yeah. So I'm still staying at a Disney resort. But just because I'm at a moderate instead of a deluxe, I don't get to go to extra magic hours. (laughs) And again, you just proved our point with the last one we mentioned. Moderate, deluxe. I mean, again, all of the stuff that people have to know to make one decision. Mm -hmm. We were just joking how when we first went our very first trip back in 2012, you know, we stayed off property because we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. None. No idea. So, yeah, if you're not going to ra- if you're not going to lower the prices, Mr. Iger, add back value to things. So we don't feel like at every turn you're charging us for the little things you're nickel and diming us. Yeah. People want that damn magical express bus yeah. back. Even even if because, you know, this is what he was good at, Kyle. He made the hard things look easy. And yeah, he obviously charged us for a lot of stuff during his tenure but he he didn't make us feel that way mr chapik whether it was his fault or not did he bob Iger knew how to do things and to make it seem magical mr chapik did it and it made it seem nickel and dime yeah i'll say scrooge mcduck a scrooge mcduck yeah so just add some value a little just do a little thing the perception is we're getting more what's the ratio the per, uh, value to i always get that term right when you're getting something the the ratio of perception and value or i don't know perceived value perceived value okay thank you that's what i was looking for okay i've been up since for a couple shows kind of tired number what is this number four yes number four i know colin's gonna love this one fix park hopping do you want to explain what this is? This is my personal biggest. I know. Team. That's why I waited to almost last. Um, so park hopping used to just be a free for all back in the day, which was great. Great. When, you know, we always say like Animal Kingdom's a half day park. We'd get up. We would do extra magic hour in the morning at like 730, 7 a.m., whatever. We'd get to Animal Kingdom. We're done there by nine. And then we used to be able to go to whatever park we wanted to next. Um, now you can't park hop until 2 p.m. Which, again, if we're using that instance of I got to Animal Kingdom at 7 a.m., I rode Flight of Passage, I went on a safari, I rode Mount Everest, I'm good. You know, I did Dinosaur if I wanted to. That's kind of the big ones that we do there. It's 9.30. I'm ready to go. I can't go anywhere till 2 o'clock. Which, so we go back to our hotel. Which is great. Which is nice. But if I'm there for a short weekend... I would love to go to a different park and do something else, but I can't do that till two o'clock right now. Because time is money. Time is money, as we've said many times when it comes to Disney World and just going to a Disney park. And so this is the other thing that kind of it's tied to park reservations. If I can park hop, why does it matter where my park reservation is? You don't know where I am after two o'clock anyway. Yeah. So the park reservation doesn't help. And you're still, you may not be turning. That's a really great point, Kyle. You may not be, because they're so afraid of, turning away that family because one park might might be at over capacity seven days out of the year but you still might be doing that at 2 30 at a park on a random day mm-hmm. you're still maybe turning away people but now you're just pissing off a lot more people that's a really actually that's a really great point you're welcome thank you but no just again and i think it also goes back to our number three it's park hopping was added value added value yeah I Especially could pay, for pass holders. Yeah, I could pay. Well, even if you weren't a pass holder, um, if you just had a normal ticket, instead of buying two single day park tickets at one hundred and fifty dollars a piece, I could buy one 
park hopper for 180 to save myself some money and knock out two parks in a day. Yeah. So there we go. There's number four. Fix park hopping, Mr. Iger. By the way, I'm going to tag him on Twitter on this because he's on Twitter sometimes. I hope he listens to this. Twitter's still up. I think it is. Um, Can somebody check? Is it burning down yet? I also heard a rumor, again, rumor on this one, that they're going to bump park hopping up one hour to 1 p.m. Wouldn't be the worst thing. I'm kind of okay. Fine. Uh, Wow. An hour. Revolutionary. Uh, Fine. Okay. Noon. I would prefer noon. Yeah. Noon is great. Yeah. Bob, noon, please. I just don't know. Like, yeah. He's going to listen to this. I swear. You're going to change it by an hour. It's like, what's, what's the point? Either get rid of the time or go more than an hour. Like, that's not going to do any good. Hey, I'll take it though. Yeah. There are times when we would love one o'clock. Better than nothing. Yeah. But seriously, Mr. Iger, um, Move it to noon. And by the way, would you please appear on this podcast? Go ahead and email us. We'll interview whenever. Now, number five. This is a little personal. We, the last, we have a bonus one that's really personal and very specific. But this one, I think, again, it's perceived, aw, that is make pass, feel, pass holders feel special again. Uh, Mr. Tapic has managed to, whether warranted or not, make pass holders feel like we're a nuisance. Um, and, and earnings calls, he's basically said, we are not the most desirable customer in the Disney parks. Again, Mr. Iger might feel that way and the board might feel that way, but you don't say the soft part out loud. Mr. Tapic had a part, had a, had a habit of saying the soft part out loud to the public. And it really made the most loyal base of Disney fans, uh, feel not special. And I got to tell you. I know they have data in front of them that say that that pass holders don't spend money when they're in the parks because they come so often. I think that's a load of poop. I really do. I'm sure that there's some that are like that. I'm but, sure. But I mean, if we just use tune in, tune in lounge as an example, there are pass holders that are there multiple times a week drinking every week. Tune in lounges at Disney Hollywood Studios. Um, it's just like they're normal. It's their cheers. They just... Mm-hmm. If you, they live down the road, they've got a ticket, they come in, you know, they belly up at the bar and they see their favorite bartender. And I mean, or even like our friends, Beth and Joanna, like they're going to dinner. They book dinner at a Disney resort and go out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, at a hotel or at a, at a park I'd be like, you know what? I feel like going to Tiffin's tonight for dinner. I want a, a, a nice dinner or let's, let's do something experiential. Let's go to sci-fi and have a burger, you know? They, you can do that if you're a pass holder. And I think a lot of regulars do. So I don't know. That's interesting. But it's it's just, again, it took away some of the magic and it made us feel almost like we are tolerated instead of celebrated. Did he do other things? Do you know? Like, did he take other things? Yeah. Away? Do you have I examples mean, re- of, yeah. I can't well, remember. Yeah. Of the yeah. Last I mean, there's been, uh, there's been perks that he's taken away. And again, I want to be fair. Some of this stuff probably started being implemented and planned out under Mr. Iger's first era. I mean, let's be fair. And Mr. Chapik just did it. But under his reign of terror, under his reign, (laughs) perks have been taken away from pass holders. I think, though, the most egregious thing is just publicly what he has stated about the group, the group of the most loyal fans that day in and day out are filling his parks, buying his T-shirts, no matter what the data says, drinking their drinks, eating their hot dogs, and making reservations. We're there every day, rain, sleet, hurricane or not. 
And to make that base of people feel unwelcome, I think is a bad business move. Yeah. Bad business move. Yeah. Don't piss off your number one fan. Finally, a bonus. Number six. Colin mentioned it. He didn't know that this was number six. No. And he mentioned yeah, it. Very friends. I'm going to pull back the curtain here. Um, I have no idea what Jason's throwing at me because I literally told him. Through the recording of this at me. Yeah. I was driving home from work and I said, hey, I know we have a crazy night. Should we just crank this out? And uh, he's like, sure. Seven minutes. And I said, I will be home in seven minutes. And he's like, oh, so I'm just going with what he throws at me. And he's going with recording this because I threw it at him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do this kind of thing every day. So I'm used to having things thrown at me. I do. If people that don't know, I do a. I'm a morning radio guy. I do I, on a pop culture talk station, my talk 1071. Um, Colin is not used to just throwing out random topics. So bravo to him. Okay. Number six is a bonus one, very personal. So just hang with us. And that is on the edge of my seat, make tune in lounge at Hollywood studios <laughs> an actual lounge. Uh, please, Mr. Iger. I already, you, I already want a t-shirt with your face on it, but we will really love you. Will you please explain Kyle? Okay. So most restaurants, at Disney parks have the restaurant and then they have the lounge. Now a lounge to like normal speak is usually like the bar area where it's like, you know, high tops, soft seating, small menu, like usually six items, um, cocktails, that kind of thing. All the other lounges in Walt Disney world. And I literally mean every single one you either need a reservation for, you can join a walk-up list, but it is a separate lounge restaurant from their main dining room for whatever reason tune in lounge is the exception so primetime 50s cafe is the restaurant tune in lounge is the lounge it's literally in the name but they use it as a waiting room instead and i don't know why so please mr Iger, it could be a kick-ass lounge like trader sam's it could be like um uh animal kingdom Nomad. Nomad Lounge. Nomad Lounge. It's put, put six or eight high tops in there. Have it. Keep the theming, you know, the vintage 50s theme. With you know. the great early age of television. Get some, have Imagineering make some great high tops that kind of look like the 50s era. Keep that going. Actually really lean into it. Because that, again, that theme thematically, that's a that's a kick-ass idea for a, for a, a lounge. Yeah. And you would fill it. People would sit there. They would, yes, your tables would turn slower, but those people will sit there and order a second and possibly third round of drinks. Believe us, we know we're bar dwellers, just FYI. If we feel comfortable, if we're in a cool space, we are going to stay there longer. Yeah. We are. We're just going to hang longer. And I know that they don't want to bring the bar stools back, but I think they need to have some kind of furniture in there for people to to stay and eat and drink. It's atmospheric. Yeah. The people sitting there added an energy and a vibe. I just thought about that when we were there last weekend. Having people sit there, there was an there was a vibe about tune in that is gone. Mm -hmm. It used to be electric. Yeah, it, you was know, a, it was a party place. It was a party place. And yes, people can stand there now. And it's still like that some days. Yes. But it's just it's real hit or miss on the on the crowd. And it, it, I, some other website referred to it as a hidden gem. It's always been a gem to us. So when you go to Hollywood Studios, and again, this whole podcast is about um, cocktails, coasters, repeat, doing Disney as adults. Um, it, if you're looking for a great place to hang, it's at Hollywood Studios next to the primetime uh, restaurant, primetime diner, 
Is it Dino? Yeah, I think so. So there we go, Mr. Iger. 5.5 ideas for you to do, and we will all love you more than we already do. So next week, or I shouldn't say next week, two weeks, friends, I promise we will actually talk about rides that we've done because now we went again. Yeah, we should just call it new stuff. Yeah. We did a lot of new stuff we in did this a last lot. trip. New restaurants, new rides, new everything. So Very new stuff. But right now, that's going to do it for us. Thanks in advance for hitting that subscribe button uh, wherever you get your podcast. For leaving that five-star review, it helps. Please spread the word. Tweet this out to Mr. Iger. Tell your friends. Find us on social media, Two Fairy Godfathers on Facebook and Instagram. We drop a new episode of this season, and there's a couple more episodes left of the season every other week. Bye, fairy friends. Bye. See you later. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash bestmusic for details.